Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, all right, we are in the second part of a series we kicked off last week called Filling Full. And kind of the thought behind it is the idea that man, coming out of 2020, um, we honestly felt uh, pretty robbed, pretty empty, felt like we were just figuring out how to get by with just enough in life. And that that is not really what God has for us, that he, he wants us to be able to live life differently than that. And so we're about to, to delve into that. But before we move forward with that, um, I want us to take the time uh, to just join together in prayer and that uh, no matter where you are, where you're at, um, we are still the body of Christ. We're still connected. And so if you could just take a minute to just join with me in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, right now, we just want to come together and, uh, Lord, we want to lift up our nation. Father, we know that just out of the, the chaos of this last week, Lord, that we just need the peace and the hope that only you provide only you. And so, Lord, right now, we just kind of lay down our own agendas. We lay down our own ideas. We lay down our own stuff. And we just know that, God, you're a good God. You're a loving God. That you're a God who will lead and guide and direct. And, Lord, we just invite you to reign. Lord, we invite you to reign right here in our lives, Heavenly Father. We just thank you that you are King Jesus. And we just ask you to reign here. We, Lord, know, Lord, you're the Prince of Peace and you bring peace that you go forth in peace. And so, Lord, we just speak peace over our nation right now. Lord, we also know that you're the healer, Lord, and we pray healing over every person who's battling any kind of sickness right now. Lord, we do lift up everybody who's dealing with COVID. Lord, we do want to lift up all of the people who are on the front lines and, and who are dealing with all of the issues, Lord, being caregivers and doctors and nurses and everybody who's there. And, and Lord, and we want to lift up uh, all of our first responders, Lord, and those who are out right now in the inclement weather while we're at home and, and cozy, Lord, that there are those first responders who are not at all, and they're out there taking care of people, and we want to lift them up, Heavenly Father. We want to pray safety over them. And so, Lord, we just thank you for, for the peace we have in you, even in the middle of chaos. Lord, you're our hope always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I'm so thankful that we're able to look to a God who is always present, always with us, always there. And as we understand that, um, well, let's just go ahead and get into the notes that this is our jump off idea, uh, that we were created to have lives of meaning and purpose, full lives. That was what we were created for. We were created to have that. And, and that's why it's so incredibly frustrating when we don't. When we look at our lives and we look at the uh, activities and different things, we're like, what is the deal here? What is going on here? Um, man, I'm telling you, it's frustrating. But when there's meaning and purpose, man, we can deal with a lot of stuff. If we know it's going somewhere, we know it's going to accomplish something, we can deal with some things. And, and we were created to have lives of, of meaning and purpose. We were created to have full lives. And that's the reason why it's so frustrating when we don't see it. And you know what? I get frustrated too. I know that, that, I know that you do. 
And we get frustrated. We get frustrated when we see things not go in the right direction. And John 10.10 reminds us of this. It says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, I'm telling you what, especially out of this week, um, we've seen some destruction and some, some stealing and some killing. We've seen some painful things in, in our nation this week, and I just have to look at this and remind us as believers that that is aligned with the enemy. That is not the way Jesus does things. That is not the way he functions. That is not the way he operates. That is not the way Jesus came to set up shop. He says, I've come that they may have a life and have it to the full. That is what Jesus has come to do is that we may have life and have it to the full, full <clears throat> have it fulfilled. And we have to be able to, to understand that and understand where Jesus is at work and, and be able to connect with that. And that is what the whole purpose of this series is for, is to remind us what it means to let God fill us full, to look to him and to him alone as our source. Nothing else, no other front, no other entity, not our nation, not our elected officials, not our jobs. We can see how all of that can just fall away so quick when all of a sudden a pandemic comes along and you can't go to work and you can't do these things and, 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 and government's a mess and all those things. We can't place our hope in any place else. It's, it is shifting sand. We have to place our hope in Christ and Christ alone. And I want us to look today at Romans 15, 13. Fifth, Romans 15, here is Paul is at the, towards the end of his letter to the Romans. And it's 16 chapters. We're in the 15th chapter here. He's had a lot to say as we go through Romans. If you understand anything about grace, you've learned a lot of it from Romans. And he's just already outlined this. And this, Paul is wrapping up his final thoughts to the believers in Rome. Now, if you don't remember your Bible history, or maybe you're new to this and you're, and you're learning this for the first time, um, Rome, for a long time was an opponent to Christianity. I know that in our day and age, we're familiar with Roman Catholics and, and that that Rome idea is very connected um, with Christianity. But here when Paul is writing, um, it's not connected at all. Rome is in opposition. Rome is empire. Rome is the most powerful governmental force in the world, and, they were, and it was an oppressive one towards Christianity in the first couple of centuries. And there are believers living in this space, living in this oppressive space, this government that runs contrary to what they're trying to do as first century believers. And Paul is writing to them and says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. He's going to fill you. He's going to fill you up. It's not going to have just a little bit of joy and peace, not just find a little nugget over it and you can like, you know, keep it in the corner in your mouth, like, you know, and just kind of chew on it and just get a little flavor every once in a while. No, he wants to fill us with joy and peace as we trust in him. So many times we want to kind of see things come together and then trust God and go, okay, now we're going to have the joy and peace. I see how all the pieces are going to fit together. 
No, they were not seeing how the pieces were going to fit together, but they were going to trust God. And God was going to fill them with joy and peace as they trusted him. Why did they need, what places need to be filled with joy and peace? It's the places that are empty of joy and peace. It's the places that are partially filled with joy and peace. That's the only place that you can be filled with joy and peace is if it's not already there. And so in the spaces of our lives where there's not any joy and peace or not enough joy and peace, those are spots. The answer to it is trusting God. We've got to invite him into those places. We cannot have joy and peace in a space where we have shoved God out. We can't have it in in our outlook on life and our outlook on the future if we've not factored God in and invited God in to be the God of our future. We won't have any joy and peace there. We can't have any joy and peace in in our marriages, in our relationships, if we're not letting God invade and be a part of our marriages and our family. We can't have any joy and peace in our finances or our health if we've not invited God in to our finances and our health. But as we trust God in our future, as we trust God in our marriage, as we trust God in our finances and our health, he fills us with joy and peace in those spaces so that there wouldn't joy and peace um, be enough? Isn't that be pretty cool that we're filled with joy and peace? Wouldn't that be kind of the end result? No, it keeps going. It says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, there's this beautiful little somehow spiritual chemical reaction that takes place that as these joy and peace begin to be filled up in our lives that somehow what spills out of the top is hope. As we're fully understanding and fully relying on God, as we are sitting there and joy and peace are doing what they're supposed to in our life, man, hope just is overflowing in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that a little more in a minute. But man, I tell you what, um, you know, there's talks of, you know, of winter wonderland and whatnot, but uh, I remember a, uh, a overflow of joy that took place a long time ago in, uh, in a place that it shouldn't have been. Um, whenever Keenan was real little, uh, Cutie and I were first married, we were living on campus at Angelo State, some apartments that don't even exist anymore. These apartments got leveled and the Centennial Apartments, Centennial whatever that is there at ASU is on that location now. And it was the Rosemont Apartments back then. It was married housing. We had one of these um, little apartments and had a dishwasher in it, the little old school one that had like the push buttons on it um, and uh, the big locking lever. If you uh, are my age, remember growing up with those washers. And anyways, Keenan was toddling around. He was little. And I was doing the dishes. I'm trying to be helpful. I'm trying to be a, you know, a good husband. And load the dishwasher, go over to the sink, and go to get the stuff. And we're out of Cascade. We're out of the stuff that goes in the machine. But there's some dishwashing soap, some joy, sitting on the sink. And I'm like, hey, this ought to work. So I take it. Stick it in the little container. Cutie always filled it full of Cascade. Well, 
man, I filled it full of the Joy dishwashing fluid, put it in there, shut the thing, started it up, and boom, we went and ran some errands. Well, now that little bitty kitchen, so it didn't take that much with that little bitty kitchen, but we got back. Um, man, that little bitty kitchen um, had six inches of white winter wonderland foam all over it. It had just created all of these suds just kept pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. So you opened up the dishwasher. You couldn't even see dishes. They weren't in there at all. It was just a wall of white foam, white suds. And it was just overflow of joy. That There was here in the middle of all that agitation, in the middle of all of that stuff, joy just kept pouring out. It just kept coming out and just kept coming out. Man, I tell you what, I thought we were never going to quit getting suds poured out. It was coming out from between the buttons. I don't know how it didn't ruin that little dishwasher. But man, there was suds coming out of every crack, crevice, cranny, everything on that dishwasher. There were just suds coming out of it. And I think that is a mental picture of what God wants to do with us. In the middle of all that agitation, as, as he was at, as he's at work, and we're able to let God place his joy in us it creates an overflow of hope in our lives and I tell you what man there wasn't a place on that kitchen floor that that joy had not touched it infected everything and that's what God wants for our lives he wants his joy to begin to touch and impact every bit man Keenan had a blast he found his way in there in fact he's the one that discovered the suds and he goes in there and uh, comes out and uh, he's he's got all these suds on him and we're like what happened here and, man, he had a blast. He was enjoying that space. And that's how God wants to work in our lives, there to be an overflow in our lives because of his joy at work in us. See, God's joy can, can be consistently full in our lives, consistently full in our lives, even though things that make us unhappy will still happen. Now, Pastor Brennan, how can we have joy even things make us unhappy? Well, here's the problem is that we tend to have the wrong idea of joy. Depression comes in and it, and it is a place where there's an absence of joy. And we can do a whole thing on, on all those places. But we can have things that, are, that make us unhappy and don't produce an absence of of joy that then maybe can lead to depression and some really dark places mentally for us. But things that are just unhappy, that are hard to deal with, that are unpleasant can happen. Happiness is what hap about the things that happen in our lives, the happenstances of our lives. That's where happiness comes from and connects with. But joy, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Joy comes from the inside. It's not about what happens around the outside. It's not about what's happening all around us. It's about what's happening in us. And chaos can be going on around us when and joy still be rock solid within us. See, I'm so thankful that our, our founding fathers understood that they wanted us to have the rights of life, liberty. We need our lives protected and our liberty protected but they didn't guarantee happiness. For whatever reason, we feel like happiness is a right and that we get 
super offended if something makes us unhappy. Um, and guess what? That, those things are just going to happen. Unhappy things are going to happen. But our founding fathers understood that, that we need to guarantee life. We need to guarantee freedoms. And then all we can do is give you the space to pursue happiness. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Nobody can guarantee happiness. But the Holy Spirit and God can begin to guarantee joy in our lives because it's a gift that he gives us in our lives. And joy is connecting and connected to knowing that God loves us and that God's for us and that no matter what happens in our lives, God can bring good in it at any time. Let's go ahead and look at James chapter 5. It says, is any one of you in trouble? He's talking to believers. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's like, you know what? Some of y'all may be going through some trouble right now. He says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Okay? We're dealing with some trouble. We're dealing with some trouble right now. That's why we're not gathered together and being able to connect the way we like to connect. Trouble happens. And in that, then our answer to trouble is to pray. But it doesn't mean that, that trouble should happen all the time. There can be things that make us happy. In fact, scriptures say, you know, there's an answer for our happiness. Is anyone happy? Guess what? There ought to be some believers who are like, you know what? I'm pretty giddy right now. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. Um, then let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? So at least sickness is going to attack the people in the body of Christ sometimes. But it, sh- it shouldn't be the answer. He's like, it shouldn't be the, the common thing. He says, is any one of you sick? He said, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. So there's a response. Guess what? A couple of those things are trouble. Trouble itself and sickness with our responses to it. But guess what? We should be going to God and connecting with our source of joy even when things that make us happy are happening. So many times we can have God as this, in this toolbox and that when life is going good and things are making us happy, we don't really need him because things are going all right. But then maybe trouble or sickness, then we turn to him and we should. Scripturally, we should. Don't feel guilty for that. What we need to do is we need to learn to connect with God when things are going good, when things, when we're happy, and understand that that is how we stay perpetually connected with God who is our source of joy. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The verses before it are talking about just the things we need for life. You know, what are we going to put on? What are we going to eat? You know, all of those different things. He said, but if we'll seek him first, then, and what God says is right, um, then all these things will be given to you. He says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, Jesus was, he was really clear about the fact that we were going to have trouble in this world. It wasn't just a couple of different times that it shows up in his talk to his disciples. He's, he's like, you know what? Each day has enough trouble of its own. And this is why we have to learn how to trust God today. 
Because when do we have grace? We have grace today. And what is that grace for? Today's trouble. We don't have grace for tomorrow's trouble. It hadn't even got here yet. We need to be able to sit back and trust God with today's issue. It's like us having this idea that, you know what, I'm going to have to eat next Wednesday. Um, And so, uh, you know what, I'll probably have a sandwich. And so I need to go ahead and eat next Wednesday's sandwich today and just go ahead and get that over with. And then I don't have to think about that again. No, you can't eat next Wednesday's sandwich today. You can't do that. You can only eat today's calories today. Guess what? Next week's calories need to be eaten next week. We need to make sure we stay focused and let God's grace. We only have grace for today. That's why tomorrow's troubles weigh so heavily. We don't have grace for those troubles. We only have grace for today. And if we try to get into it, man, we'll find ourselves laden with anxiety laden with, with, with all sorts of worries if we try to get into tomorrow's trouble. But if we will stay focused on what God is wanting to do in our lives right now, here, today, give him today's issues, take in today's grace, we can walk in the fullness of joy. We can. But as soon as we start trying to pick tomorrow's pockets, as soon as we start trying to do that, that's when things begin to get off. See, Jesus prayed for us to have joy and modeled joy in the midst of pain. He modeled it. He showed us what it looked like to deal with joy in the middle of pain. And so let's go ahead and look at John 16, 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. It's only going to be in him. We're only going to have peace in him. He says, I've told you these things. He's given us his word, what's come out of his mouth. So he says, that, that's, those are the things that are going to help you have peace. So I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He's not been shy about the fact that we're going to deal with some difficult things, but he's given us the heads up. He's given us his word and let us know that we can trust in him, that he's overcome the world. That is the source of our peace in him. John 17, 13 says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. This is Jesus praying for his disciples. And he wanted the full measure of his joy within his disciples, within us, the children of God. The full measure. Can you imagine how much joy that is? The full measure of Jesus' joy? Man, that is significant. And here is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And this one always, it always chokes me up. It always gets me um, when when I think about this. But Hebrews chapter 12 Um, verses uh, two and three. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. There was joy on the other side of the cross. You read the gospel narratives of the crucifixion. It's brutal. It's horrible. But he endured it. 
and based on a bedrock of joy. Then that did not mean Jesus was up there smiling and he was giddy and somehow it didn't hurt or any of those things, but he endured it because of the joy that was set before him. He's scorning its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What was the joy that was set before him? It was you and I. It was you and I restored and made right. He knew what he was accomplishing and that, you and I being restored, that is what was Jesus' bedrock source of joy. And it carried him through the cross. The picture, the truth of you and I being restored back to and reconciled, that was what carried him through. What a beautiful thing. One of my favorite parts of uh, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, is they took some liberty Um, on a lot of places. Um, But as Jesus is carrying the cross um, and and moving forward towards Golgotha and he's carrying that that wood, then as he goes down after having been beaten and tired and the weight of it, and he goes down and he falls down and his mama rushes over to him and she just sees him there and he looks up and I love the way the, 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 they put this together. He says, see, I make all things new. His life was not being taken from him. He was laying it down and creating an opportunity for new life. And yes, there was suffering and pain and difficulty, but there was joy. He knew what he was doing and there was joy in the middle of suffering. And you and I can live with a bedrock understanding that God love is with us all the time so that even this place even in the place of pain and difficulty we see the God of grace at work in our lives and understand that he loves us and is with us see to to live a joyful life a life full of joy then we need to be aware of our joy filler if we're going to be filling full we need to know who fills us full and that's the Holy Spirit in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, it says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcome the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. These believers in Thessalonia, by Paul's own account, had endured severe suffering, but they welcomed the message of the gospel, the good news that God loved them and was for them, that God had not abandoned them, but he had made his love known in who Jesus was and was had demonstrated that. They had received that with joy by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, Now, remember, we already talked in Matthew chapter 6 that he cares about our eating and drinking. If we will pursue him first, seek his righteousness, then he gives us all those things. So those things matter. But the kingdom of God isn't, first and foremost, about our eating and drinking. In fact, next week, as we kick off our time of fasting, that is part of what fasting does is it reminds us that you know what, life isn't about that. In fact, I can take something pleasurable, I can take something that I enjoy, and I can park it 
for a time period. For us, we're going to do it for 21 days, but it can be whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your, your heart and just in your general life. But as a church, we're going to do it for 21 days. And, and you can take something pleasurable and park that and spend extra time with God. And that's the whole point of fasting. It's not to deprive yourself of something to get God's attention. It's to create more space and more time, something that would fill your day anyway, whether it's a meal, which is traditional fasting, or some time with a, a television program or, or any sort of thing, anything that takes time in your regular day and you put that on pause and you spend extra time with God. And it reminds us that it's not, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of the stuff we tend to fill our days with. But what is a matter of? It is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what this is about. We love to sit down and enjoy a pleasurable meal. We love to, to be able to connect and, and have those things and can begin to build the idea that those moments are our source of joy when really our source of joy is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's only something the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. And if we try to find joy, real true joy anywhere else we're going to be so disappointed galatians 5 22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law i love the fruit of the spirit because um, man there's no speed limit signs on that man it is just run it wide open it's not like oh my goodness you've got too much you've got too much joy You've got too much love. You've got too much peace. You're going to need, a, you're gonna need to uh, have a little bit of worry in there. You are too peaceful. No, no, no. That is not the way this is at all. We can just run these things wide open. But they're fruit of the Spirit. They're what the Holy Spirit does and creates in our lives. In Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And Jesus himself was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. That was Jesus' source of joy. If it's Jesus' source of joy, we're the body of Christ. It has to be our source of joy as well. And so as we are moving forward and getting back into the fullness of life, we have to understand that the fullness of life only comes from the author of life. It only comes through Christ and Christ alone, through Jesus. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill us full. Our bottom line today is knowing and growing will keep the joy flowing. As we know who he is, as we begin to understand and grow in a knowledge of Thanks him. for listening to this week's Man, message from Celebration Church. Everything. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.